Well, today is World Communion Sunday, and it's one of my favorite days on the church calendar as we celebrate with our brothers and our sisters of all denominations across the world. It was an amazing thing to think, even as I woke up this morning, that there were people breaking bread together. As I slept last night, there were people breaking bread together. And as we go throughout this day, as we yell at the Falcons for not having a good red zone offense, there will be people breaking bread together. It's beautiful to think about. I mean, the, the type of bread will probably vary from place to place. And some people will, will be drinking wine straight from the chalice. Some, like us, will be dipping their bread in grape juice. And still others will be taking those little shots of grape juice as the tray gets passed. You know that? Shot glass communion. It's, it's an interesting phenomenon. But no matter how it is shared, it is a uniting act for us as a people of faith, right? That we come together, that no matter what it is that separates us, whether it's that physical separation of time and space or, or those ideological and theological separations that we can all acknowledge exist, no matter what, no matter what keeps us from having a hamburger and greasy fries at the local diner or toasting a beer at the local watering hole, whatever keeps us separated and not able to do that, this table brings us together and unites us in a way no other meal and no other table could. And so we come to feast together. I mean, that's a remarkable thing to think about, let alone participate in, right? To come to a table with so many different people. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, go to one of those hibachi restaurants and not have quite enough people to sit around the table so they throw in a few randos. Right? But you really don't have to interact with them. You can kind of peer around them while you're looking at that onion volcano thing. But you could go the whole meal without even interacting with them and just choose to talk to those you came with. Yeah, this table, this table is different. This meal is so different. Or maybe it's a little bit more like some of those family-style restaurants. Has anyone ever been up to Dahlonega and the, the Smith House? Have you been there? Yeah, communal tables are the only option there, right? You sit down with family, you sit down with strangers. And then they serve the meal, one bowl of mac and cheese, one bowl of rolls, one plate of fried chicken, and you've got to share it with everyone at your table. Those creamy mashed potatoes, they're on the other side of the table, sitting in front of that guy with your least favorite football team on his hat, <coughs> Florida Gators, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I 
And the gravy, oh, the gravy is by that woman that has the politician's name draped across her shirt that I just can't stand. Oh, but I really want those mashed potatoes and gravy. So I gotta ask, excuse me, sir? Yeah, with the ugly hat. Yeah, can I have the mashed potatoes? Ma'am, mm -hmm, yeah, would you mind passing the gravy? Yeah, maybe, maybe this meal is a, is a little bit more like one of those family-style restaurants. But there's still something different, right? There's still something different about this table, about this meal. It is World Communion Sunday, after all, and so let's start to just use our imaginations a bit to think about what it would be like for this table to, to stretch to the ends of the earth, to accommodate all those who are gathering today. Can you imagine what, what that might even look like? Right, and how the, how the table might transform as it goes from place to place. I mean, we have some simple engravings here, but, but as it goes, it might become more elaborate or even more simple. The, the type of wood may change, and so the, the wood grains transform as the table grows and grows and grows. And just as the table extends, can we, can we imagine the faces of those who will come and sit at the table? People of all ages and nations and races coming together for a common feast. Some will come, come confidently and sure of their place at the table. Yes, I am a believer in Christ, and yes, I have a place at the table. Some may come more hesitantly, knowing that they, they come looking for something, but not quite sure what it is. Some will, some will just come running to the table, desperate for something to eat, hungry in their bellies, but oh, so hungry in their souls, longing to be fed. And then others, others will come battered and bruised, not sure that they deserve even a crumb of what's offered, let alone a place at the table. Can you, can you imagine the faces? Can you, can you picture the, the variety of experiences that come to this growing table? And then, and then can you hear it? the symphony of the meal, right? All the different languages that are being spoken at the table and, and they just get louder and louder because they're trying to, to speak over the clank of the glasses and the, and the passing of the bread plates. 
To those who, who are on the outside, it may sound just like noise, a lot of noise, but for us, for us who are there, oh, what a beautiful song it is. A sweet and passionate melody of love and grace at the table. Yes, this table, it's a table like no other. This table is, is different. And the meal, the meal is so simple and yet not. It is just bread, it is just juice. Oh, it is so much more than bread, it's so much more than juice. After all, it is the meal of Christ that he sets before us. And so let's hear what he has to say about what makes this meal so different. We're reading this morning from John's Gospel as we hear what Christ has to say about this bread. You can read along with me. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that whoever eats from it will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Jesus tells us here that I am the bread of life. This is the first of those I am statements that we see throughout John's gospel. And they are meant to, to bring us back to that moment when Moses asked God for God's name. And how did God respond? I am who I am. I am who I am. That was the name God gave. And now Jesus claims that name, reveals his divinity, reveals who he is as the Son of God by saying, I am. But then he takes it a step further to say, what, what does it mean that God is I am? Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. You see, I am the bread of life. I am the bread, and not just any bread, Jesus said, the bread of life. Now, bread, of course, is, is necessary for life, right? It's that, the most basic of nourishment and sustenance for us to just go through life existing. But Jesus doesn't say, I am bread for life. He says, I am bread of life. And in the Greek, Jesus says, bread of zoe. Life meant to be lived in its fullness. A life of vitality. I am the bread of life abundant Jesus says, I am life at its fullness. I am a life of vitality. 
a different kind of bread. Jesus goes back to the manna in the wilderness, right? The people of God were hungry and God responded, providing them bread. But that bread in the wilderness just allowed them to exist, to go on. This bread, Jesus said, this bread that I am, even when death comes, you still have life with this bread. Eternal life. Life that exists no matter what. Yes, this meal is different. This bread is different. God gives us bread for life, sure. But now God gives the bread of life. A few weeks ago, I was gathered with a few young folks in our district and another district here in our conference as part of a a mentoring group. Another pastor and I serve as mentors for these young folks who are answering a call to ministry. And we get together once a month to to go over what it means to be a pastor in the United Methodist Church and to help them kind of discern their way forward. And at this meeting this past month, we shared communion together. And it was a beautiful thing to have these strangers come together and share their stories, to share their calling. We even had one young woman who was Skyping in from Italy, where she serves as a missionary with the refugees. And there in that small classroom at Kennesaw United Methodist Church, we, we shared in the bread of life together as they took that next step in a new life towards ministry. Now, this is a, it's a small group. There's only a handful of us, and it's very hard to buy communion elements for a small group, right? So I had bought a, a whole bag of small loaves, and when I got home, um, I put the extras on the counter. Now, we had only blessed one of them. These were not blessed, so don't worry about that. Not consecrated yet. I just threw them on my kitchen counter, and the next day, my daughter came into the kitchen, and she said, Mommy, what, what's that? I said, oh, that's, that's bread from that meeting mommy had yesterday where, you know, we had communion and that's leftover. Her eyes got big. She said, mommy, can we have Jesus bread for snack? <laughs> sure. Why not? I didn't know what else I was going to do with it. Sure, why not? Well, then she looked over at, at the bench um, where I had put the extra grape juice that I had bought. She said, oh, mommy, can we have grape juice too? Sure, why not? The next thing I know, Ruthie Jean and Harrison are sitting at the dining room table with their loaves of bread, dipping them in cups of grape juice and having them for snack. The life of a pastor's kid, right? They were laughing and giggling, and so I went and sat down with them and enjoyed them living life in its fullness, living life with vitality. Two different experiences, 
but both illustrating what it means to share in the bread of life. I mean, these moments, they happen when the bread of life is involved. Because the bread we break at the table, the bread that God gives us, it's not just about remembering Jesus, but about inviting Jesus to be with us, his presence with us here and now. Jesus is not only feeding us with the bread, Jesus is feeding us in the bread, feeding us body, mind, and soul with his love and with his grace in this bread of life. So often we we connect the bread of the communion table with with Jesus' death. And that is true. We, We break the bread remembering how Jesus' body was broken for us. But this bread is just as much about his life as it is about his death and as it is about his resurrection. That we come to share in the bread of life. Life that is made new. Life that is abundant. Life that is full. A life that we get to experience and participate in with the presence of Christ. And so we carry that understanding with us to the table today, to this world communion table. This table that is open and spreading across to the ends of the earth. This table that is spreading across the street. This table that spreads uh, across the aisle and down the pew. And if it was any other table, we could choose to ignore those we don't know. Ignore those we don't think we would like. Ignore those we don't think we would agree with. But it's just not possible at this table. Because at this table, we are serving the bread of life. And everyone who comes to this table is invited and is deserving of a place. Because Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes looking for me will find me. Whoever comes wanting to be nourished will be given something for nourishment. Whoever comes with their arms extended will receive something in return. We receive the bread of life at this table. And every other person, every other face, every other experience that comes, they too receive the bread of life. And the beauty of this table The beauty of this table is that it goes beyond this morning. It goes beyond here and now. 
Because once we have tasted of this bread of life, we don't go back. We experience this fullness of life and we carry it with us. And once we have experienced this fullness of life with others around us, we must then go and experience this fullness of life with the others around us. You know that guy that cut you off on 75 the other day? Yeah, you know him. <laughs> He's invited to this table and to receive the bread of life. That coworker who totally screwed up your project you've been working on for weeks, she's invited to this table and to receive the bread of life. The man on the street corner, your next door neighbor, person who sits next to you in class, the people on the news, the victims, and the perpetrators. They are all invited to this table and to receive the bread of life. So won't we come and gather Come and feast. Come and receive the bread of life and then take that with us so that every person we meet may also experience and know life at its fullest, life at its most abundant. Because that is what Christ has promised us here what Christ has offered us here. A table that is different than every other table. A meal that is different than any other meal. For it brings us together, uniting us, and inviting us into new life. A life marked by the presence of Christ his love and his grace, the bread of life given for us all. Let us pray. A holy and gracious God, Lord, you have gifted us with the most amazing gift of the opportunity to gather at your table, to feast with neighbor and stranger, to know what it is to live a new life, a full and abundant life. As we come to gather at the table today, remind us of the faces that gather with us, May we see them, may we know them, so that as we leave the table, 
we will remain united together, a people seeking to transform the world through your love and your grace, illustrated in a life lived to the fullest, a life nourished by the bread of life. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.